Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast. I'm your host, David Palermo, and you are tuning in to podcast number 136. Please do not forget, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere you find your podcast. Worst case scenario, hit up numbbillsfan.com. I have a player up there for you. You can check out all past episodes. I have a take on NFL rule changes. Uh, another podcast with the guy, Kevin Elliott, comedian who is an L.A. Rams fan who also talked about the Rams moving from L.A. to St. Louis back to L.A. And it's kind of like a timeless podcast, I call it. Like, what is it like to have a team move? I mean, if you're a Bills fan, that's near and dear to your heart. Bills almost kind of moved. The consensus is if the Pagulas didn't buy the team, the Bills would have moved. And if you have watched any football after week one, wow, get on deadspin. Look at the stands in L.A. I mean, get out of here. Good thing two teams moved there. So today I'm scheduled to have Kevin Masseri from CoverOne.net on. Uh, he does another podcast as well called Lockdown Bills. He works with Eric Turner. They do three podcasts a week. Make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Bills podcast on iTunes and, again, everywhere else you find your podcast. Lockdown Franchise is a podcast network as well of all different sports teams too. So you have like lockdown Spurs, lockdown Patriots, if you want that lockdown, other stuff. So basketball teams, obviously. Um, so make sure you check that out. Also, we are all part of the grandstand sports network, grandstand sports network.com. You can find a host of podcasts that are playing on a time slotted schedule. Always check my Twitter at numb bills fan and Instagram at numb bills fan as well as Facebook to see when upcoming times are coming and shoot them a follow everywhere you get any of your content you can think of. They're on Instagram, they're also on Facebook, and they're also on GrandstandSportsNetwork.com and Twitter, of course. So shoot them a follow. If you're into Sabres, there's a great podcast called uh, Beyond the Blade Podcast. This guy, Chad, does it. He's also a guy, a part of Grandstand Sports Network, too. I like the Sabres, so it's nice to follow along, see what's going on. That said, also brought to you by PunchDrunkSports.com. Follow Punchrunk on Twitter at Punchrunk. Pretty much that's it at Punchrunk. There's a podcast you should subscribe to as well, comedic podcast about sports, and that's about it. Wraps it up for you. So three comedians who talk sports, pretty rad. Check it out. All pros, good guys. Sam Tripoli, Jason Tebow, and Ari Shafir. Ari Shafir has a new special on Netflix called Double Negative. So make sure you check that out. Jason Tebow's on the Red Zone channel. And an awesome comedian, very funny, drives that show, I think, personally, Punch Drunk Sports Podcast. And also, Sam Tripoli's pretty cool dude. So check him out as well. He does a podcast called Tinfoil Hat and has a comedy album called The Diabolical out on iTunes now. So the Bills just wrapped up. I'm going to fly solo until Kevin calls me back. And um, the Bills just wrapped up the game against the Jets, and I'll have some thoughts more or less on that. But uh, for me... If you missed it, get on my Instagram, numbillsfan everywhere. So I, I just try to keep it simple. Um, and I took a track of my morning, which is usually chaos. I'm usually behind. I'm trying not to be super late to everything. Um, and we had Dean the Drunk, Drunk Dean, coming to pick me up because my van has a flat tire. So if you ever want to see how my game day mornings go, Check out my Instagram. You could get a little tour of the White Trash, I mean, uh, Numb Bills Fan Studio. And uh, 
See my dogs. I put in a little bet with my dog uh, Belle, the white dog, and she uh, wagged her tail. And you know, just I guess I have to go see it. Cheesy plug. So, also I posted some events throughout the day. Got to meet up with these guys. I forgot which backers in Texas, but they're from Texas, and they had the awesome, um, like, I'm so awful. Mexican culture. Those guys. What do they look like? You know, where they wear like sombreros and all that stuff. They're all done up. It was awesome. It was at the Red Pinto tailgate. Got to run into Nick from uh, the last podcast. Nick Pop shouting it, shouting out, getting everybody riled up, round up the troops. And uh, his father was out of town. So he was holding down the pizza area. He brought the pizza from home, he said. And uh, things were looking good. Ran into Jamie Tilbury. Got to bust his balls. He was drunk. So if you know Jamie Tilbury from the Bills Mafia board, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a figure. So, uh, you know, it was a good time. Can't really complain. My boy Riley's back, grilling along. Shout out to Riley. He's a regular listener. Love Riley. He moved back from Oklahoma. I heard, half, he says half the reason was for the Bills. Riley, I love you. You're fucking nuts, dude. That said, I'm the guy where I'm like, if I ever relocate, I need a lot, like, 10 grand to go to, like, games. Maybe I should just try getting a life. Okay. So, uh, Riley, I feel with you, fam. And uh, shout out to Tim from the tailgate. Not the Red Pencil tailgate, but the tailgate Riley's at for uh, going down to Florida. Safe travels. Tim is a big Bills fan. Usually wears the fireman's hat that says 9-11 on it. And Tim's a fucking man, so Tim, good for you, dude, and good luck in Florida. Um, so I guess those are my little shout-outs, and just my experience of the day was relatively interesting. Um, my friend Dean likes to drink, and um, the thing about Dean that I really like, if you didn't listen to our last podcast, I've known Dean a long time, and my backstory is for some reason him and Deacon, um, if you remember Adam Deacon for the podcast, which he'll be on soon too, uh, they were dumb enough to let me in their band. And I didn't really know, like, what the hell I was doing. And uh, so we just started playing hardcore, and it was kind of fun. Actually, not kind of, but really fun. Um, and we just play music. And Dean's always the guy where, man, like, I didn't want to close the night because I don't know if I could get him to stop drinking. So we might play, and we might forget a part of the song. I mean, that, like, Dean's uh, one of the most solid people I know. I love him like a stepbrother. And, um, you know, he's a good dude. He's a really solid person. And he's one of the people in my own life where uh, he'll shoot me straight. He'll go, Dave, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's really stupid, man. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, you're probably right, but I'm gonna. Uh, okay. You know, so believe it or not, Drunk Dean is very wise. Love Dean. But um, so I drove up Dean's car, or I said I drove it home. And if you look on Instagram, Dean Drunk, Drunk Dean Phase 1, he rolls up all sober. Great. Uh, picture coming through for Instagram, Drunk Dean. Phase three is where he's in the stadium, double fisting two Genesee beers in the air with the stadium in the background. It's a beautiful picture, and uh, I love he's Dean is just great for artwork. You know, if you're really into art, Dean is art. He's just a great art piece. You know, he's awesome. So if you see him, supply him with beer. I'll be your friend. Just warning you. Careful what you wish for. You want to get him drunk? He's kind of a little annoying. I try to dodge him, but I just keep it stern like, Dean, get away from me. No, no. You see the eyes lock in. You're like, oh, shit. I see those drunk guys. <laughs> Tap your friend. Yo, Dean's coming. Don't make eye contact. 
Anyways, so Dean was classic self back on the Instagram. Final phase of drunk walking out with Dean's post game thoughts. And, um, you know, I got to say I was relatively uh, impressed with his post game thoughts. So if you missed it on Instagram and you really want to know what happened, here it is. So here's drunk Dean setting the scene, final phase of drunk. With drunk Dean's takes of the talks, or of the talks, of the New York Jets facing the Bills. So here we go. So final phase of drunk, Bills W. Let me know how we're looking. What did you think of the game? You look like shit. Bills look pretty good, though, and I'll tell you what. Their offense took care of business when they had to. Defense shined as I expect all year long, you know. Ain't no slouch. Yeah, I trust We're you. gonna get hit by a car. Car was coming. Did you find your beer? Did you trade your beer for a, a cold one or no? No, nah, I'm just drinking a warm one, bro. Why? Because sometimes you don't get to choose in life. Okay. And that's it. That's Dean right there. Post-game thoughts. I end up dropping my phone. Good thing I have a life-proof case that I actually put a crack in and it doesn't seal water out anymore because the valve is kind of shot and it doesn't look like a life-proof case anymore. But it's still holding up. Um, so, yeah, jokes on me. Dropped the phone right after. I might as well just punch it across the parking lot. But Dean has this awesome tradition. I don't know what it's like for you guys and your friends, but, like, everybody has their weird quirks, whether you're banging your girl in the parking lot or maybe not your girl in the parking lot or whatever you're doing. Um, and for the record, I support all that stuff. I think if the FBI really is in the cops and this and that, if they're really allotting a lot of resources, like the dude Andy Major says on the John Murphy show that, oh, we got the FBI, you know, undercover. It's like, dude, get a life. People are having sex, smoking weed. Who gives a shit? Like, okay, you got kids. All right. Okay. It's really not a good look. Maybe not have sex in the parking lot. Have a little class. Okay, guys. I mean, there are kids around. At the same time, you look, I know the kids should go to the game, but if you're a parent bringing your kids there, that's on you, as somebody says the F-bomb. That's on you as a parent to bring your kid around a bunch of alcohol, and you know they're going to get shit-faced. So, you know, don't get me wrong, I'll try to have class, but occasionally the game takes over, and I might yell out, what the fuck was that? And sometimes you got to teach your kids... Time and place, all right? And then a Bills game, fucking time, is, <laughs> time and place, always. So don't be an asshole. But anyways, Dean has this thing where we can't just, like, walk. If you missed parking advice, check out the last podcast. I tell you my secret, which is you walk past all the parked cars. Suck it up, walk, even in the winter. Okay? Just suck it up. Walk past all the cars. Park as close to the expressway as you can. And you walk all the way past them. Get the fuck out of there. At least if you're going to like the east side to Rod or yeah, the, to Rochester or Albany, something like that. That's what I do. If you're going out to Canada, sorry, party people. If you're in Buffalo, you know, sorry. Um, I don't know to tell you, but I'm from Rochester and that's how I go. So uh yeah, I dodge all the cars, I walk, find the highway, um, go away from traffic. You know, there's a wonderful app called Waze. Google Maps is up to date. So Dean does this thing where we're walking out. 
And he has to, like, go linger with somebody and find some beer. He'll, like, randomly walk up to be like, hey, man, what are you eating? It's like, dude, Dean, what are you doing, man? We got, yo, dude, we got to go. And then if the Bills lose, I'm, like, usually mad. And I'm just, like, ready to just, you know, go face down first in the mud. Hope I never wake up again. And at the same time, yo, with Dean, Dean, let's go, man. Let's go, man. And then my friend Jeff Knight, powerful Jeff Knight, uh, he goes, uh, what's Dean doing? I don't know. And then come to find out, he's trying to exchange his warm beer for a cold beer. So in the video, if you're wondering why he actually found his beer, he's trying to exchange a warm beer for a cold beer with somebody. I like thrifting. I really do. But after the game, I want to leave. And I don't want to have time to deal with your goddamn $2 beers, Dean. And then, uh, you know. So that was my game day experience. I guess in a nutshell, uh, everything but the game. So, that's it. Alright, and on the line, uh, we got Kevin Masseri. He called me back. Or actually, I called him and we missed the call because I'm not bright and whatever. So, um, Kevin, what did you think about the game, bud? Hey, Dave, how you doing today? I'm good. That's good. Good to hear from you, as always. Um, I, You know, I was actually physically at the game, much like yourself. Um, got to enjoy some, you know, pregame festivities and got to hang out with some people. So a lot of people shout out and said hey to me. As always, keep if you see me around and you know what I look like, give me a shout. I always like to hear from you guys. Um, but the game itself, Dave, I, I thought it was a fairly well-played and well-coached game. I wouldn't say that I took anything spectacular out from that game. Um, it was a weak opponent, and I think they will be at the bottom of the league, Dave. Honestly, I think the Jets are a 2-14 and 14 team. Um, and I think we're on the rise. I really, like I've said on podcasts before, I, I, I don't see us being worse than 7-9. I really don't. I don't think the team's worse than last year. The defense played phenomenal. Uh, Ramon Humber stuck out to me. Um, I like the move today with Jelani Jenkins at linebacker, Dave. Um, I really thought it was a fairly good signing for this time of the year. What is the details on him? Because I got the notification, and honestly, I know nothing. But on Ramon Humber real quick, I will say, shout out to him for showing up and, 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 and being a part of it. You know, because yeah. he really... He really stepped up, and is it really stepping up, or is it really these guys know what he can do, and all because we don't know about him doesn't mean that they don't know about him. Right. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, Humber really stuck out to me. I didn't know what we would expect from him. He actually played more snaps than Marcel Darius. He played more snaps than um, Lorenzo Alexander. He was on the field, I think, all but one snap of the game. So he's actually really, him and Preston Brown are our main stalwarts on that linebacking core and they play pretty well i believe second or third in the league in rush defensive rushing um and adding jelani jenkins who was a pretty much a, a, a miami stalwart in their offensive line or excuse me uh, linebacking core uh was a starter and uh went to oakland this this offseason was supposed to be their starting linebacker got hurt and they injured reserved him and waived him um and i believe he was waiting for the right opportunity to hop on a team and it's a good fit for him here in Buffalo to really kind of step up and take over that maybe fifth linebacking role um, instead of Deion Lacey. So I, I really like the signing. He has a lot of starting experience. He's only 25, which a lot of people probably don't realize. He isn't an older guy. You would, you would expect him to be like a 30 year old vet journeyman. He's really a 25 year old guy that didn't finish out his um, you know, fourth year in Oakland. So went from Miami to Oakland to start and then got, you know, surprising cut. Actually, I actually, I honestly didn't even know that he was, 
a free agent. I had thought he went on injured reserve for Oakland. So um, it's a really good, good signing for this time of the year. That's for sure. And I, I will say, too, always upgrading the roster. I love roster moves. I remember flipping out when, uh, you know, offseason, you look into these guys and you think because it's spring that, oh, man, they're running so-and-so. But really, you had to look at those transactions like, who's that? Even like the early training camp ones, like, oh, well, they could just be a depth guy. Even in the beginning of OTAs, they could just be low, 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 like barely get any reps, guys, warm body in the picture. And, right, and I think the best value in the NFL is let these let these guys play out. Let let's see how well they are. Don't get married to the player. Go with the most turnkey guy you can get in the draft for your system. And honestly, let these guys play a few years in somebody else's system. Get hurt, pick them up. See what they can do. Because you let guys like Jerry Hughes play. He plays in Indianapolis. He comes to the Bills. He does fine. I like guys around year twenty five where they have like a few years on in their under the belt. They get all the glitz and glamour out of the way. They're in the league. They're grinding. If you're 25 years old in the league and you came in the league at 22, 23, that's a hard battle. If you're young, like, how old like LaShawn McCoy, like freaking 20? You know, it's like, I don't know, man. You Sometimes these guys are young and they got to mature. So, hey, this could be a blessing in disguise. Upgrade the roster. See what we can do here. Um, I think the Bills overall were just solid. I could not complain. If you want to complain about Tyrod Taylor's pick six, cool. I mean, you really can't. Went through Charles Clay's hands. It had a little zip on it. But it is what it is. And, hey, um, on, a, on a note about Charles Clay real quick, I had a thing where um, I talked to Eric Turner, and I had Jordan Matthews. And for the record, I picked number one in a fantasy draft, and I got to get this out of the way. Number one in fantasy draft, I took David Johnson, took him over Bell because of injuries, or not injuries, because of hamstring injuries I was kind of worried about, like soft tissue injuries when you don't show up to camp tend to happen. So I did not want to take David Johnson number one. Of course, that taking me breaks his wrist. Well, thing is, I got Kareem Hunt. Now, keep in mind, this draft was Monday before the season started, so Labor Day. Or whatever that's called. Is it Labor Day or Memorial Day? Is that Labor Day? I'm so slow. Labor. Okay. Labor Day. So and I ended up with the first pick. I ended up grabbing Kareem Hunt in the second round because, obviously, he's a starting running back, and my pick was, like, all the way back around if you know how the snake draft works. Yes. Well, one of my picks late, late, late was Charles Clay. I even picked up Jordan Matthews right before him, actually. And my whole deal was just, like, number one receivers, number one targets. I'm just thinking touchdowns. And there's one thing about this offense we've wanted to see is Tyron Taylor throwing it over the middle. And like I have said in the past, it's all what he's asked to do. He was asked to throw over the middle of this past game, and he did it. And then you got fans calling up saying that he can't throw deep. People need to pick what they want to do because Charles Clay texted with Eric Turner earlier. He's like, I would put Charles Clay over Jordan Matthews as well. And I had a choice between Kenny Britt. Uh, who else did I have on my bench? Um, I picked up uh, – it's against my rules, but I picked up that running back from uh, the Patriots there. What's his name? Which one? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Pick Burkhead up because I think he's going to become a factor, um, especially for catching passes. So, um, Also, a little sleeper pick, I think Jamal Charles because I think Anderson's going to get hurt at some point in Denver. But uh, So, long story short, dude, Charles Clay, he worked out for fantasy football. I think that is this year's fantasy football sleeper. If he does not get 70 targets this year or 70 receptions this year, I would be shocked. Like, really shocked. Yeah. Absolutely. Like the biggest thing for you're right on the Tyrod Taylor phenomenon 
where last year or like two years ago, everyone's like, well, he throws he throws deep well, but he can't find anyone over the middle. No screen passes, no tight end throws, nothing. And you have people complaining about that. And one game into this year, now he can't throw deep. Now, you know, they, they drop the he can't find the tight end thing real quick. And now they're talking about he can't throw deep, he can't do this, he can't do that. You're right. I mean, you have to pick something. I mean, he can throw deep, absolutely. And now he's showing that he can throw over the middle a little bit and find his tight end. That's a huge progression for someone where we've been complaining to find the middle of the field and find your tight end. We know he can throw deep. If it calls for it in the game plan, I'm not worried about him throwing deep. So, I mean, I guess, I guess fans are going to always find a problem with Tyrod Taylor, and it's a little bit disappointing. Um you know, while he's an above 500 quarterback at this point. Another issue for us to address to the fans too, um, because I, I have a roundabout point that I'd like to make here after we after I hit a couple of these uh, what fans are complaining about issues today. And um, the defensive line rotation is a thing that people are making a big deal about because me as well, where's 99, where's 99? You know, this is a big third down play, where's 99? Well, look, we had to remember something. Leslie Frazier likes to rotate defensive linemen. He did it in Minnesota. I remember. I've watched a lot of Minnesota Vikings. And he rotated a lot of defensive linemen. And it sucked having Jared Allen come off the field. But that's what you got to do. You know, you had the Williams wall at one time in there. And that's just how they do it. And they want to hover around. I believe they were saying 30 snaps. Jarrell Worthy was telling Murphy or something. John Murphy. I think they popped it the other day. And, uh, you know. Maybe the coach is yeah, right. Yeah, maybe the coach is normal more, more than we do, Kevin. Which is uh, maybe Marcel could be out of shape, or just let's break him in so we have him all season, and it doesn't matter. They're stopping the run. If anything, maybe I'm nuts. I thought that I was getting a little annoyed with the five yard outs being completed consistently. You know what I mean? Yesterday, that's probably my only complaint about defense. Um, you know the 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 safeties. Shout out to Jordan Poyer and uh, Micah Hyde for making great first impressions. Jordan Poyer with a great sack and an interception. And, um, you know, hold on to the ball a little tighter next time there, buddy. But that's okay. The Bills caught a break on that. And honestly, I thought the Bills overall played solid. And people really need to pick their poison on what they want to complain about. Because I understand it's been 17 years without playoffs. And, you know, it wasn't long ago. Chang Haley was introduced. And it was... 11 years without playoffs or 10 years, you know, and then Dick Duran before that, eight years, seven years. And, and it sucks. It does suck. But at some point, you need to let the coaches coach. This is the perfect system for Tyrod Taylor. It was the perfect system for Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy. Right. I mean, let's be real here. If anything, it's just a little bit of an adjustment. And I don't see replays in the stadium on failed runs. And I'm like, I want to watch Jordan Mills. I want to see if he is... You know, not flowing how the offensive line should flow in a zone blocking scheme up front. So it's kind of like, what's going on? Why? It's like something's being stopped. So overall, um, Kevin, roundabout point here is, what is your take about the main complaints from the fans with the defensive line rotation, what Tyrod Taylor's asked to do? And I thought the coaching was phenomenal, by the way, if you'd like to touch on that. Um, sure. So what do you think? Oh, also, also, Mike Tolbert too. People are bitching about Mike Tolbert. I think that, that I think that the defense, you know, played extremely well, especially defensive line. I don't really think that you can complain too much about it um, from any standpoint. I mean, you can get into like you get into a little bit about wanting to see Marcel Darius not be a space clogger. I mean, there is a little credence in that, Dave, to say 
you know, you're paying him a hundred million dollars. He shouldn't be a space clogger. He's what? You, that's my first question to you. What do you feel about that point about him just being a space clogger? I feel at this point with Marcel Darius that this organization has been very quiet, and all of a sudden there's a leak for somebody who I consider credible, and Ian Rappaport. And Ian Rappaport is very logical to me, and he's one of the national media guys. Where I got to give him credit. You see these typical names years ago, ah, oh, so-and-so is from CBS, so-and-so, Schefter, you know. You see these guys, and you're like, fuck them, or whatever. You have your opinions. And Ian Rappaport, I've heard him in a bunch of interviews, and he just seems to do the research. So I really like him. He really seems to get down, at least as far as the Bills. And I think that the Bills are a total dumpster fire, like a lot of the national guys do, because the national guys, a lot of them, if you saw work patterns while you're at camp, and I don't care calling people out, I'm gonna call them out by name. There's a lot of lazy people at training camp who cover a team for a job and they get paid for it to pay their mortgage, and we're out there for free. And I can't, I don't have enough hands. I'm like an octopus out there trying to take right. notes, take video, promote, do, 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 do. Oh, and I'm getting attacks. Oh, dude, it's a different tag for Grandstand Sports Network for Twitter than his Instagram. Holy shit, my mind is blowing. And you got a guy out there who's been writing headlines for 30 years without. A notepad. Yeah. You, you, know? got a guy there, you got a guy out there talking about European soccer. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you, you see a lot of different things out there. There's a lot of guys that have been there since the 90s, 2000, early 2000s even, um, that literally have, I heard verbatim quote, I don't really care about being here. There's nothing that's going to happen. So, you know, if that's the approach you're going to take, you're going to get bad coverage. You're going to get bad takes. And you're just going to have one side of the coin. You're going to get a very negative side of the coin with that kind of attitude. Right. So, um, so to round it out with Ian Rappaport, not to cut you off, bud, but to round it out, to, to bring it back full circle, um, if that leak got out, that that's, to me, a message to, to, to Marcel Darius, which, honestly, I have backed him in the past, and, and he's his own man, and honestly, dude, I don't know him. I'm not his friend. I'm not going to speculate anything, but I will say... It does not matter how much money you make. If your heart is just not into something, it's not into something, and that very well could be the case. I don't know. I don't Dave, know. How much, how much would your heart – like, it, it's tough because I'm trying to put myself in everyone's shoes. And, like, I think it when you when you sign a guaranteed contract – I forget what his guaranteed money was. It was high because we tried to keep his cap hit low. Um, we guaranteed, like, 50 or $60 million. I'd have to look at it. But, like, what do you do, Dave, if tomorrow someone walks up to you and says – Dave, here's 50, 50 million guaranteed. Like, after a year or two, I don't know how your heart could be in much. You know, how could dude, it be in anything? Dude, honestly, man, the more you hear about players who talk, the more you hear about other things, the more you see that these coaches are just so ego-driven and backwards-driven. I got to say, Sean McDermott has really impressed me, and Rex Ryan showing up on reading on Twitter did not show up prepared. Shows me he should not show up to the Bills prepared either. And I got to say, I am all – I'm very proud of – having a coach in Sean McDermott. I loved his post-game press, his post-game locker room speech. And and, and it's time for Marcel Darius to get his head out of his ass and play ball, if that's what he wants to do. But to be honest with you, Kevin, to have a little empathy for Marcel Darius, I'm not going to come down on players because there's two sides to every story. And not for nothing, a lot of these coaches are egotistical dickheads, okay? They really are. They really are. I mean... Uh, they, they they really can be and at the same time when these players are just treated like fucking meat you know what i mean listen to arian foster on a joe rogan podcast if anybody did not listen to that listen to arian foster on the joe rogan podcast it's very right. eye-opening and it confirms a lot of things i thought 
but I'm not going to call a player out because not for nothing, I don't have Marcel Darius's personal history, okay? And I'm not going to dive into it because it's tragic, but he's dealt with a lot more fucking shit than I've had to. And he comes from a way different background than I would bet 95% of the fucking people judging him do. And there just comes a point where I've done it with work myself. I made as much money as I possibly could some weeks, really hustled, did some grinding. I'm self-employed. But let me tell you something. It does not make me happier. And really, I thought that X amount of dollars a week, I thought that X amount of year, I thought that having a house, I thought that dogs, whatever the fuck it could be would make me happy if you don't. If you don't figure it out, it's going to be a long road. And honestly, I think having weed, you know, being stifled in the NFL, like, really fucking sucks because it kind of lets a guy like me, like, chill out and be like, yo, everything's cool. And when I go play hockey tonight at 9, 10, I'm going to be high as fuck because I'm going to be focused. I'm going to be focused on playing hockey. I'm not going to be thinking about the mortgage payment that might be late. I'm not going to be thinking about my jobs tomorrow that I already have written down and they already did the thinking for. And sometimes you just need to relax. And something that helps your body and just makes you calm the fuck down to some people, maybe that's what he needs. And maybe when it's just such a tragic fucking travesty of, okay, you can take these painkillers, but I can't take this. The dude plays nose tackle, man. He plays defensive line. Well, not nose tackle, obviously, but, like, he plays defensive tackle. So he's eating the brunt of it. And not for nothing, hey, Maybe have Marcel Darius take it easy at first, build up his strength, or if he's out of shape, in shape. I don't know what shape he's in. But I, I think it's going to be a game plan specific thing. And right now for Marcel Darius, it's about falling in line. And I just can't really go to bat for him anymore. I have a lot of empathy, empathy for him, but I just, it is what it is, man. He, he's making a lot of money. Yeah, and- you got to look at you got to look at Marcel Darius, the player. Um, player, not the guy, not the guy that could have off the field. He absolutely has gone through more than me. Maybe me and you combined, Dave. Um, or maybe three or four of us combined, he's gone through more. Um, you can absolutely probably say that. And I absolutely have empathy for people like that who have played their, their way out of problems, who have done whatever they could, um, to make a living for their family. Um, but at some point it is a business just like if I worked in a certain field or did a certain thing that I was paid for and I wasn't producing, um, Luckily, he has a contract that makes him play through tomorrow or next year, Dave. I mean, he he has a contract that makes him play through the next year. Um, Maybe it's not with Buffalo, but he's going to see a lot of that money. He's going to see most of that contract. Um, So I think he's going to be all right. All you can do is look at it from a from a coaching perspective. And, um, you know, Sean McDermott's a stand up guy and said that he played all right. So all you can do is take him for his word. Um, and although we're paying him $16 million, we're going to pay him that anyways. Anyone who's complaining about this topic, we're going to pay him that money anyways, whether he's on our roster, a different roster, playing a three-tech pass rusher, whether he's a, a, a nose clogger, whether he's whatever, he's going to be paid that money. So you might as well get what out of him what you want out of him because he's going to get paid. There's nothing anyone can do about that at this point. So you might as well allow him to do what he's supposed to be doing that the coaching staff wants him to do and fill a, a big need. At some point, maybe the game plan turns to where he's rushing the passer, which we know he can do. Um, so I think you got to take it for that's he's doing what Sean McDermott's asking at this point, and that's what we want out of him. He's filling a need, and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. So uh, I mean, do you really else? do you want to feature him right away? Anyways, I don't know. I mean, you want to win the damn game. You're gonna do whatever you got to do, but like, I don't know. Like, it's, I'm not worried about it. Is my point is, right. and it's what it is. I mean, you can line that dude up. At defensive end, he's going to find a way to get to the quarterback. He's a freak athlete, and that's the thing with right. him. And, and not for nothing, people bag on him this and that. Dude, 
They want to call them lazy because they're internet warriors. Okay, they want to find negativity in the team. That's what they do. Everybody's a fucking talent evaluator now after 17 years and no playoffs. I'm sick of it. At the same time, Marcel Darius, he's getting paid a lot of money and he needs to perform. At the same time, he's a human being. And the whole narrative, the classic narrative is you're making X amount of dollars, your feelings that you don't have any. And that's not the truth. And the thing is, is the Bills organization needs to be there for him because that is the best way to get the best out of your investment is to support him. So I hope whatever he needs, if that means he needs something to piss in so he could still smoke weed or you got to pay off where the fuck you got to pay off, then you got to do it to keep that guy in the field. I don't know what it is, okay? And, and I'm not trying to make an exception for a player, but you have the most money into this one guy on your team you have to do it because, of course, in Bills, quote-unquote, Bills fashion, it's the Bills, you know, as everybody says. Um, we got Marcel Darius here on one of the last big contracts they ever handed out. Right. Now, do you know what the what was Ian Rappaport's uh, exact report on him, Dave? What was it? Do you know the exact? Um, actually, I could pull it up. It was in my notifications. It was off of Bleacher Report. Okay. Um, let's see here. Because I thought I saw different variations. Oops, 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 oops. What the fuck? Is that? Excuse my French. Uh, so it is. Uh, so from the Bleacher Report team stream at Sunday at 9.26 a.m., okay. Bill's, def- B- Bill's DL, Marcel Darius, could end up on trading block if he continues to underperform on $96 million deal. Quote, unquote, or uh, parentheses, rap report. That said, my take, when I read that, I go, yeah, okay. And then I hit the fucking lock screen. No one's taking that contract. <laughs> and if you're Marcel Darius, you're like, oh, trade me? Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, I don't where know. Am I gonna like, go? again, why, where am I going to go? Jacksonville? Where am I going to go? Jacksonville, where they look okay? Like, I don't know. Sunday morning that came out? Yeah, dude, 926. That's weird. Okay, well, whatever. Um, either way, not not to not to spend too much time on it, but you know, at this point, I don't. You got to support like just, your investment, Kevin. Yep. Like That's I it. just said, why would you why would you pay someone else money? Why would you pay Marcel Darius sixteen million dollars to not be on your roster? You're going to get what you need out of him. You're right. You need to support him as much as possible. Um, I don't think you send a message by handing someone a, a rewarding contract like Whaley did and then cutting him. I don't. I just don't think that sends the right message. I think you see him through for the next twenty-four months. I mean, what happens past then? I don't know. Could he be traded next year? It's a lot more possible. Um, but he's on the roster for this year. Um, you're going to take a major hit. You're no one's going to take the money. You're going to eat all the dead space. You're not going to get much more than like a third-round pick. I just don't see the point. Dude, there's right no, now. there's no point in cutting Marcel Darius. I'm sorry, like, but you know what? We can't predict anything because anything happens with this team. But at the same right. time, it's just like, man, these defensive linemen, they last. You know what I mean? Right. Look at they Pat, do. Look they at play Pat, 35. Look at Pat, yeah, Pat Williams. I mean, Kyle Williams, yep. too. Is, it's like, yep. dude, it, 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 hey, man, he's got like another freaking six years of football left, and he's a freak, and he's not stupid, and not for nothing, we watch him at camp. And like I was getting into, and, and I guess we could rap on that, you know, you're trying to rap on it, it's like, I see him at camp. He's fully engaged. He At least that's what I see. Maybe I'm just... Breathing a hot smoke. This is also the asswipe that said Bolden looked awesome in camp, you know, and whatever. So it's like, take my word for what you want, but he's engaged. I sit behind the Bills bench on the right side of the bench in 331, row six. I have a decent view of the damn numbers. I like the view. 
of the all 22 kind of thing from the side, more like a technical hand. But like, you know, I watch him. Him and Kyle are always talking. You know what I mean? Like, what is he out there not trying? No, dude. Don't don't you just think if you're Marcel Darius, is sick of fucking hearing it. And so now we think it's an issue because of whatever game thing he missed. And maybe he did really fuck up. I don't know. It's not my business. It's just this is your biggest investment. And no matter what the Bills do or say, what you, what's he going to do? Just not play? Like, the, whatever they say right. is not going to hurt him. You know? Right. So th- you got nothing to lose but maybe, you know, surround him with people who show him that, that you know how to win. And guess what? When the whole team is rolling and shit. And, 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 you know, I don't think Carolina, not for nothing, not to go off in a different direction, I don't think Carolina is that special at all. At all. I really don't. I really don't think Carolina is a special team. The Bills should definitely be able to be, compete with the Carolina Panthers. 110%. You know? Yeah. And, and I it's mean, like I it, said it. I said it on, it must have been Locked on Bills podcast. I said the Bills were going to start two and zero in my belief. Really? Um, and then, yep, I said it. It's still there. Um, I thought I said they were going to start two and zero, and probably lose to a hard fought match against Denver. Um, but I think that the I think the storm's going to be high when they if they go two and zero. Everyone's going to come back here for week three against a game against Denver, who's a much like Carolina. It is a winnable game. They almost really collapsed yesterday night uh, in a really epic fashion, actually. Um, what happened? I heard about it a little bit, but I honestly I didn't pay any attention to it. So it was twenty four to I want to say twenty four to seven. Yeah, that sounds right. Twenty four to seven with like eight minutes left, and um, Simeon threw a batted ball interception, similar to like Tyrod's. Um, they scored, you know, on that drive, made it twenty four fourteen. Tramal Charles went down and fumbled. Um, they scored, made 21-24. Um, Denver went three and out, punted it. Uh, and then um, San Diego drove, uh, L.A. drove the entire length of the field, lined up for a kick that they made to tie up the game, but the coach called a timeout, BS timeout, um, then went and blocked the field goal the second try. So they won 24-21, Denver did. But really almost collapsed a 17-point lead in eight minutes. So should have actually collapsed. Um so Denver is very vulnerable. I don't think they're very good. Their defense is great. Their offense leaves a lot to be desired, uh, in my opinion. So, um, yep, I think Carolina is a winnable game. It depends on the health of Cam Newton. If he comes out slinging and, he, and he's going to be full strength at some point one of these weeks, hopefully it's not this one. Hopefully it's next week. Um, because if he's full strength, uh, they, they can win any game. So, uh, uh, you know – what was good about this team is it just felt solid. This Bills right. team just felt solid. It felt promising. I I, I think fans, they're going to eventually jump on board and not for nothing. Look, I got to say, um, you know, I, I talk about it a lot. I, I, this podcast was more or less to be objective. So to I get a lot of compliments to have you on because you and Eric know what the hell you're talking about. With football. And it's like a nice objective way to get information out there. But I will say one mistake I've made is I thought a lot of guys are being really hard on Rex Ryan. A lot of people. But if there's one thing that's true, Kevin, is that that that, that you really had to prove it to Buffalo fans. Because if you don't prove it to Buffalo fans, it's, I mean, they're going to give you hell. And you really have to. 
prove yourself to Buffalo. You can't just come in talking all this shit, getting your truck painted or shrink wrap, whatever the hell he did. Hopefully he didn't get it painted. That's a waste of fucking money. Must be searching for tax write-offs. You know, it's like you can't, you know, you really have to prove it. And Sean McDermott came in, did his thing. We're going to follow the process. And this process led to a, 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 a victory. And guys like Lorenzo Alexander were flying around the field. And you got two safeties that are getting turnovers. You know, I can't complain, Kevin. I've got no complaints. I really think that there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel with Sean McDermott. I think he's looking for a very specific type of team. Um, I look a lot like Adam Gase in Miami last year where any one of these teams can go 10-6 and six any year with a new roster. You don't really know. Um, so if you're going to get the quarterback play, in my opinion, that you got on Sunday, which is pretty good, I think the team is at, is, is at least starting at an 8-8 eight and eight point. So if they can get anything better out of Tyrod or um, their defense is lights out or their offense starts to really gel, LaShawn McCoy is the best back in the league, continues to play like that for 16 games, I think you could see um, even greater than 8-8. Eight and eight. But I think right now the way they played is an 8-8 eight and eight team. So I want to see a step forward against Carolina and a win there would then up the end even more. So I really do like what I see so far. Uh, the penalties were limited. Uh, special teams still leave a little bit to be desired. You're missing field goals. Colton Schmidt still punting 34 yarders and back-to-back in the fourth quarter, which is just unacceptable. By the way, I can don't... he get a better can, – can the Bills find a better punter? Like, honestly, not for nothing. Really, know, really, man. really more – I sit right there. I have great views of the punts. And Colton Schmidt, sorry, buddy, you've never looked worse. You looked better. He looked better the first half of his rookie year kicking than he does sure. now. And and I don't know what it is, um, but I'll say, what the fuck is Brian Mormon doing? Because you're telling me that dude, he can at least kick it to the spot he needed to go. Wasn't he competing with Brian Mormon his rookie year? Wasn't Didn't we try to bring Mormon back and cut him? I don't remember, but I feel like that's right. I, thought, I think we did. He did. I think Schmidt was the one that beat out Mormon, mm-hmm. but Mormon played okay. Or excuse me, Schmidt played okay his rookie year. Last year he took a huge drop off. Should never have made the roster, in my opinion. He did. Um, it's he's tied with Crossman. Both of them deserve. Dude, to go. he's also tied to these kickers missing kicks. Okay, I gotta yeah. see. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know what's going so on. So, what, what's up with that? Hauschka's at least making his extra points. He's got a. You have Chandler Ketten zero in there nailing 50 yarders um so you know you, you got to at least rival the kicker you're playing against and he went in there and just totally completely whiffed on a kick so that's got to be on the holder which is schmidt it's got to be on the kicker which i don't know i, I think house gets a little more um leniency than schmidt or it could be on the, the long snapper i don't know what happened on that play but it was one of the worst kicks i've ever seen Kevin. You don't really know. There's a lot that goes into kicks. It could have been a bad block by the center. You don't know. You don't dude, really know. Dude, it was not. Uh, I mean, yo, that, that Miami kick and that same side, the ugliest kick I've ever seen in my life was on that side, and it went in the lower right corner. I, I don't. And I was sitting in the 50 with my friend Heather, and she was talking about it. I was like, Heather, can you read this shit? And shout out to Heather Simon, our friend Heather. Um, it's like, dude, I don't know what it is with that side. I've seen two awful kicks. And maybe there's a lot more kicks that I just can't remember or think about off offhand. But, dude, that ball went up, and it looked like God just farted and fucking yeah. spun that ball, like, into a spiral out of nowhere. Like, it took, like, a 90-degree turn, it looked like. I don't understand. Like, 
How does a ball do that? And, and the thing is, is if you look at the flag post, I, I don't think they were moving. Like, yeah, it's an important kick too because really, in theory, the Jets could have tied the game in the third oh quarter. Oh my on god, that was shitting a brick. The field goals got the field goals got to go through. You don't really have a choice. That's that's you can't miss that there. I, I'll give you misses from fifty plus. I'm fine. Um, 50% of your kicks from 50 plus should go in. So if you're oh. one for two from 50, that's fine. Hey, hey, um, real real quick, I got to I got to wrap on this. I got to cut okay. you off cuz no, we're, we're talking way too long about kickers and since it's my own show, I'm going to drive this. So, Kevin, okay. I took my girlfriend to her very first NFL football game. So, I have a new yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. So You got a new girlfriend, Dave? Yeah, dude, cute, right? Her name's Vicky. Nice. She's that's... she's cool. She plays guitar. She plays in Where'd a band. You meet? Uh, actually, I had the McNuggets to like go up to her after she was playing a show and just kind of like put myself out there, like, yo. Nice, dude. That's like, how it's done. I'm, yeah, I mean, it took a while, but I, right, I got cool. in. I'm in. High five to me. So, anyways, so like, she's a bartender. She's trying to learn football, and she used to work at some bars that I knew of. And she's okay. like, yeah, I would try to ask questions. The guy's like, no, you just don't get it. It's like this girl plays sports. She's like, not stupid. You know, and um, so I put her, I was telling uh, the dude, Nick Papagelis from the Red Pencil Tailgate last podcast, I put her through the Madden Skills Trainer. <laughs> and I put her through it. And, dude, she read a defense like a savage. Like, immediately, really? like, yeah, dude. She was finding overseers. I'm like, oh, fuck. Because, like, one of the first things we did hanging out was play chess. Like, that might sound nerdy to people and, like, watch TED Talks. Like, it was kind of rad. And do yoga. It's kind of rad. So like, nice. I don't know, like, you know, thinking, no, no, no. all thinking shit. Um, no complaints here. So, dude, the the wildest thing is we're at the game, and she goes, you know, and we went to Marshall's the night before, got her a McCoy jersey. I go, that's a good jersey to get. You know, I go, number 14, ain't on the team anymore. And so we went through the kids section and uh, got, got a petite jersey, and she's wearing it. At the game, and the Bills are up like by nine points or something, like whatever it was in, in like the late third, early fourth. And she goes, "What are you so worried about?" <laughs> like I go, "What?" She goes, "What are you so worried about?" And I tap Phil, and I go, "My friend Phil in front of me." I go, "Hey Phil, Bedoin, ah, uh, you know," she says, uh, "I set it up for him." She says, "What are you so worried about with this uh, whole?" I go, "This is the Bills, okay? You don't understand." Right. This is oh, after funny. seeing what what McCalvin did and the Patriots coming back throwing the ball down the middle of the field on Monday Night Football. Oh anything is possible with the Bills. Okay, I remember watching the throwback. I really do remember watching it, and I was going, "No, what the fuck?" And this is the first time I thought this game is fixed because it's bullshit. Okay, and and it's like, dude, for her to be so objective and be like, "What are you worried about?" Because like the Bills were pretty much. Doing what they wanted up and down the field, but the score didn't depict it because we got nothing yeah, off do you that know, drive. You know, so to couple that real quickly, they're, they're the second leading offense in the league right now, four hundred plus yards. You would never have guessed that, right? Right, and right. I, and, so, and I got no complaints about Mike Tolbert being in run him. If they needed to score more, Dave, and they, if if the if it called for it, I wouldn't have been as worried. So yeah, I mean, in this specific game, I do think up by nine, they just kind of tried to 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 bleed the clock. Um, but yeah, that's a good perspective to put it in for everybody is that, look, someone that's just um, coming into the game, learning about the Bills, learning about everything, just kind of like, what are you worried about? Statistics show that you should win this game like probably 85 out of 100 times or more um, when you're up by that amount with that amount of time, I would say is probably like 90 percent. 
So she's basically saying, you, you know, why are you worrying here when nine out of ten times you're going to win this game? Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. It, it was just like crazy to be there with somebody who's like, you know, she told me at the end of the night, she's like, it was like really cool seeing you in your element. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you're a fucking like, you're like a savage. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, do you watch? Do you know what you do at the game? I'm like, I don't know. We're just fucking yelling shit. You know, like, don't bring your kids. That's what I say. Don't bring your kids. Because I, I got some pretty good self-control. You know, I was that straight-edge shit for a long time. Like I look at it like an R-rated movie. You shouldn't be going if you're not able to see R-rated movies. That's pretty much what I said when I was talking to myself earlier was uh, don't. Maybe 17, 16. Yeah, dude. Like, if you bring your fucking kid there and expect respect, you're an asshole. You're just an asshole. Yeah, I mean, you know a, what I mean? Like, fuck it's you. It's a tough debate both ways. But, yeah, at this point, it, it is it is more you're out of the element to tell other people how to act than I think it's. Versa. I think it's – honestly, man, I, I don't think it's necessarily bad parenting. I think they should have, like, more like, hey, yo, we know that this section X is more like parenting section, okay? So don't be a doucheroo. All right, but if you're in like the three hundreds, expect savages. Yeah, go to the family section. It's cheaper. There's no booze. You can get in trouble for swearing. That's where you should you're supposed to be. They actually um, have that. Yeah, down oh, in okay. two twenty five, I believe. All right, get down um, to two twenty five, and it's a good idea to bring your kids to the game. I take back everything I've ever said about fuck the kids. Don't bring the kids to the game. But really, you should give more adults hugs than kids. Uh, the kids have everything in front of them. The kids are gonna be fine. Give him Google, let him figure it out. You yep. Know. I agree, Dave. They start humping shit. Don't ask me. That's not my mm-hmm. problem. That's on right. you. So, right. okay, Kevin, I got to wrap this up because I got to go be a man child and play adult hockey. Okay. And by the way, I'm sorry I ditched you the other day and didn't make it to that adult hockey game, but I did call three other people after you. So I wanted to formally apologize. For what? For lying to you, saying I had to go to a hockey game. I thought I was going to go to a hockey game, but I didn't. Oh, it's all right, man. I don't take offense to it. So what do you got going out uh everything right now? You want to go on for a minute? Like, what's up? Like, what do yeah, you got coming quick, out? What did you guys just do? What's Eric got coming? Seconds. Okay. Um, Locked on Bills puts out about three or four podcasts per week. I generally man down the Thursday podcast and maybe a couple others. I'll do a live show on Thursday. You know, we'll talk a little fantasy. We'll talk a little Bills, what you look for in the game, upcoming game. We'll riff a little bit about, um, you know, what the lineup should look like schematically and kind of what to look forward to. Um, so you can check that out on Lockdown Bills Thursday edition. Um, from there, you know, I'm always pretty active on our transaction while you're updating the depth chart. I'm the guy to go to within transactional data. And if you're looking for statistics or PFF stats, you'll see those from me on my Twitter. Um, I'm commonly saying, you know, cool little stats like the Bills have five defensive backs ranked in the top 15. Um, as a quick little nugget. So you'll get stuff like that out of out of me. And as always, you can get me at, at Kevin Misery. Yeah, Trey White, shout out to him. A good game as well. Um, so, Absolutely. Um, all right, Kevin, thank you for uh, always loving me. And, uh, you got it, man. So Good luck in your hockey game. Thanks, dude. Can't wait to man child. So, you got it, dude. All right, bud. Thanks, Kevin. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. See you, man. All right, so that's Kevin. Um, closing thoughts. Very impressed with uh, what happened yes, uh, Sunday with the Bills and the Jets. That offense is very nice. Very excited. Um, I really like that there's, you know, Tyra Taylor hit eight different people 
and didn't have that many pass attempts. And um, if the Bills can keep playing as a unit and just stack these wins, the, the, the Carolina Panthers, we'll get into it later in the week, it's a very winnable game. I, I, I think with this coaching staff, that was a part of Denver. I really think it's a thing to know the personnel. I, I follow the Bills teams close for, um, like, super close for about a decade. Like, once I started getting jaded with music. So, like, um, and so I was, like, personnel moves and shit in about a decade. So, I would say, um, and I say decade, so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. But really, you know, if, if you do any construction... Or just work or breathe. People go, oh, I do something for 30 years and they still suck. It's like, wow, dude. Maybe jump off the bridge. Anyways. Um, you know, you watch this team for a long time and you follow everything. And I got to say, for them to play as a unit, they, they can get some winnable games. And, you know, watching the team tightly over the years, whenever somebody uh, knows the other personnel and they know what they're good at, they know what the flaws are, it's an advantage. And and after Carolina, you had the Denver Broncos. And I think, I don't think the Denver Broncos are, are like necessarily world beaters or they're, they're a good team, you know, but the defense is always consistent. But again, you know, Rick Dennison was in that organization this is a new look Bills. It's going to be three games on tape. You know, by the time the Bills get to the Patriots, the tricks are going to be out of the bag. At the same time, maybe not. Um, Tyra Taylor was very, I thought, very solid. LaShawn McCoy was just phenomenal. Just, I mean, it, it sucks we didn't even touch on it. It's just expected at this point. Um, did not disappoint. Raw Dog O'Leary got a nice reception. I thought the team played together. I thought the team played very disciplined. And honestly, after I really mean it, after hearing uh, Twitter, seeing Twitter blow up over Rex Ryan shitting in his mouth, I guess as an announcer, man, I feel like a buffoon even backing that dude up. But it just shows you, you know, he's throwing things out there like, "Oh, so and so is a great player." It's like, "Yo, dude, what? Do you know what year it is? Was maybe like five years ago, like." Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to rip on dude, but hey, man, testament to Bills fans out there for keeping it real and you know, continuously to shit on things that are not good enough for you. You know, you know, anytime to see hashtag Byrod and shit, and it's like, I mean, I want to give Tyrod a chance in this new offense. They say it's made for him, and guess what? I thought he showed some poison there. Did he leave some things out there? Sure, but at the game, I get to see the whole view, and I will say, I didn't think there were from my naked eye one time through the plays. I was more concerned with, with what was going on on the right side of the line while we could not run anything to the right side of the line than I was, honestly, with Tyrod Taylor not throwing a deep ball or, you know, it, it just... I thought a lot of guys were covered decently when Tyrod Taylor did not throw the ball, you know? So, um, and there's just plays out there that Tyrod Taylor made on Sunday that Nathan Peterman does not make. Super athletic plays. Super athletic plays. I can't... Uh, how many times it looked like Tyrod was going to get sacked from the shoestring, you know? So, that's about it. That's all I got to say for this podcast. Very impressed with uh, Preston Brown and uh, the linebackers and the secondary and the defensive line. Everybody is a unit. I, I can't say... I don't know why I'm saying every player, but I, I thought I thought it was a solid outing. 
it wasn't totally sealed in the bag, but I never had that anxiety in the stadium that like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I didn't feel like they were going to blow it. And it's been the first time I felt like that, that the Bills weren't going to fuck it up. I want to keep that going. And even if the Bills lose to Carolina, hey, if they do it with integrity and they do it, don't do it without shooting themselves in the foot, I'm going to be really proud of the team because this team's coming a long fucking way. You had a coach walk out on you. You have a rah-rah guy come in, say how great it's going to be. And then he doesn't do shit. You know, you put these guys out of position on the defense. And I was a guy alert. It's like, well, Rex Ryan is a defensive mastermind. Look at the bloodline. It, it, on paper, it should work out that he'll figure it the fuck out. And he didn't. And now you got a coach in here saying, I'm going to do it my way. And he's there. You know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are very bold for doing what they've done. But it's got to be what's neat. It, it needs to be what happens. And I'm here up. How many podcasts have I defended Doug Whaley? Because I thought he was great at finding talent. I unfortunately think Doug Whaley got shafted with the coaches he had around him. Whatever, though. Um, it, it, things are looking good. Shout out to the Buffalo Bills media department for keeping shit under wraps and not letting shit leak. I mean, really, I'm very excited for the the process of the Buffalo Bills right now. Very excited. Um, hold tight. I think it's going to be a solid season. And as long as the Bills are consistent, I'm psyched. So I thought it was a consistent game. There's some things left out there. Four-minute offense needs a lot of work, especially when they're trying to close out a game. And Sean McDermott did say he pretty much wishes that the, that the gas was on the pedal a little bit more, which I like to hear. So let's close out those games is, was his point. I'm your host, David Palermo. Follow the podcast everywhere. Numb Bills fan. If you want, like, everyday shit, get on my damn Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, get Instagram. Are you sick of Facebook? Well, you should be. Facebook blows. I don't care about your politics, dude. I don't care about the link you share where you read the hell. I mean, it is what it is. All right. The groups are fun. The Facebook groups are fun. But the Facebook, Facebook kind of sucks. Okay. I love my friends, but I just don't check it. So Instagram, I like to post a picture. Go, ooh, here's a caption. Here's what's happening. Here's Dean. This is what Dean looks like. So if you want to see that clip you heard earlier, full effect, get up on that gram. All right, I'm your host, David Falermo. Take care. I'll never say get up on that gram again because that was really weird. Um, shout out to uh, GrandstandSportsNetwork.com. Thank you for listening, if you're listening here. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and everywhere else you find your podcast and stuff. And also, uh, lastly, PunchDrunkSports.com. Follow them on the Twitterverse and Instagram, and their podcast. And don't forget CoverOne.net at all. Just end up there. Every day, I end up on CoverOne.net. Okay, I really don't, because I text Eric, and he goes, oh, here's a link. You didn't see it? No, I didn't see it. Sorry, dude. Love you, but I should watch it more. So, okay, CoverOne.net. Get there. Do it. Thank you to Kevin again. As always, uh, go Bills. Expect an NFL podcast. Uh, I got some good takes, especially over the Adrian Peterson situation, and New Orleans. So take care. Bye.